Job chapter 42, verse number 17. So Job died being old and full of days. What does the Bible say about Job? Who was he? What was he like? Did he really suffer as much as the story says he did? When did these events take place? And what happened to Job? You're listening to Preach the Word with Dean Carmichael, Jr. Welcome to Preach the Word with Brother Dean Carmichael of Greensboro. And now let's welcome our dear friend, Brother Dean. The title of the message is Things to Remember. And we are looking at the life and times of Job. This is a biographical sermon. A biographical sermon defined by A.P. Gibbs from The Preacher and His Preaching. This consists of the study of a person's life and the lessons we learned from it. How we may be warned by his failures and encouraged by his successes. It is really the study of a person's character which in turn determines his career. So we are going to look at this man by the name of Job. His name means desired, persecuted, and he was a historical character, not a fictional character. Scripture proves this in Ezekiel chapter 14, verse number 14. Those, Though these, these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job, were in it, they should deliver but their own souls by their righteousness saith the Lord God. To the New Testament, James chapter 5, verse 11, Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job, and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. The book of Job is believed to be the oldest book in the Bible. Most likely it was written by Moses, but it's also suggested it could have been written by Ezra, Solomon, Elihu or even Job himself. Either way, we don't know, so the author is unknown. Uh, the, the, the days of Job took place in the land of Uz, which means counsel or consolation. Most likely this area was located northeast of the Sea of Galilee. So a couple things about Job. Uh, Job was written, we know, after the great flood. Job chapter 22 verse 15 and 16. Hast thou marked the old way which wicked men have trodden, which were cut down out of time, whose foundation was overflown with the flood. So we know that Job happened after the great flood. And we know that Job was written before the law because Job offered his own sacrifices. There's no mention of the law. There's no mention of Exodus or the Red Sea crossing. There's no mention of any of the kings of Israel. However, it's also worthy to note uh, that the book of Job centers around Job and his family. And so man was most likely at this time spread out. So the events of Job most likely took place after the Tower of, of Babel. So it's safe to say these events took place somewhere between Genesis chapter 11 and 12 of somewhere around there and that's why we're covering it now um, in the series of, of, of this, this um, chrono chronological study in the Word of God. So we just covered the Tower of Babel last week 
And then we'll continue on later picking up with Abraham. We covered the four great events in the book of Genesis. And that is uh, the creation of man, the, the fall of man, the great flood, and then the Tower of Babel. And then there is the four great personalities in the book of Genesis, which is Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. But we believe somewhere in between there. Uh, is when the life of Job took place. So that's why we're going to cover it now. The theme of the book of Job is suffering. And Job is actually the first of the, of the poetry books in the Bible. You have Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and the Song of Solomon. And quoting J. Vernon McGee here, he says, The reference is to the form of the content and does not imply imaginative or caprious content. Neither does the term poetical mean that it is rhythmic? Hebrew poetry is achieved by repeating an idea, which is called parallelism. And we see that in the book of Job, so it is a book of poetry. I want to give you an outline of the book of Job, and I really like Schofield's outline, how he has it divided up. And so we're going to use that, and we're going to reference Dr. Schofield here. Part 1 is the prologue, which is Job chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. Part 2 is between Job and his wife, which is chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. Part 3 is Job and his three friends, which is chapter 2, all the way to chapter uh, number 31. And part 4 he has between Job and Elihu. Uh, he's uh, another individual that confronts Job in chapter 32 through 37. Part 5 is Jehovah and Job, chapters 38 through chapter the end of chapter 41. And then we see Job's final answer in chapter 42. And then part 7, which is the epilogue, chapter 42, verse 7 through 17. That is just a good uh, outline of the book of Job. And it's quoted here, the events recorded in Job cover a period of within one year. And that was all quoted, given by Reverend C.I. Schofield. So, things to remember. This sermon is looking back at the life of Job as if he were to remember it at the time of his death. Things to remember. So, what did Job see in his life? By preaching a biographical sermon about the life of Job and looking back at his life, what did Job see? Well, number one, Job saw gloom. This is referring to the sinful days in which Job lived in. Job chapter 14 verse 1, Man that is born of a woman is of few days and full of trouble. That word gloom means darkness. Now the book of Job is a peculiar book. And I say that meaning Job stands out. The book of Job really does stand out. But the strangest book in the entire Bible and Preachers listen to this, uh, individuals who study the Bible listen to this, I believe you would agree with me here. Strangest book in the entire Bible is the book of Hosea. The book of Hosea is about a broken home, a broken heart. Hosea, a prophet to the northern kingdom, married a harlot, Gomer, as an example of Israel's idolatry to God, but also God's grace to his people. And to sum it all up, Hosea deals with the problem the same problem that throughout the Bible that man, women, individually have to deal with, and that is 
the sin problem. And it is no different here in the book of Job. It is no different in the story of Naaman with the Elisha where he told him to dip seven times in the in the muddy waters of Jerusalem there of Jordan, excuse me, the muddy the muddy waters of the Jordan River, which is a type meaning that in order to be clean on the outside, we have to come we have to get the inward part clean. We have to come to a place of repentance and humility. And we have to come before God. Literally, we have to go to Calvary where Jesus Christ died for us. Friends, we got to take care of the sin problem. Go back to the book of Hosea. There is nothing, there's nothing great, uh, beautiful about that story in looking at it um, from the fact that here's a man who married a harlot she was unfaithful to him she left him his children it's just there's nothing pretty about that story but it shows how the sin how the sin in an individual's heart needs to be taken care of we have got to deal with the sin problem okay there's nothing great nothing wonderful about going to a very dark place of calvary where jesus christ suffered bled and died and 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 how he became sin for us we've got to deal with the sin problem and job sums it up here man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble jeremiah 17 verse 9 the heart is deceitful above all things desperately wicked who can know it friends this is why jesus christ had to come the first adam failed so the last adam had to come ever since the fall mankind is wicked they were wicked before the flood they were wicked after the flood and nothing has changed and nothing will change until eternity job 1 5 and it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all for job said it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed god in their hearts thus did job continually there is sin on the earth we talked about this um, earlier in our study as we're going through uh, chronologically we're going through the book of of genesis we're going through uh, the bible here and listen after the flood there is still sin just because god destroyed the earth with a a flood did not mean that the sin problem went away and we saw that as soon as noah and his family as soon as they went to dry ground we saw man's fallen nature and it doesn't change here either man that is born of a woman is a few days in full of trouble when job looked back on his days he saw gloom he saw darkness he saw sinful days look at the history of mankind look at your life and just the the historical events that have taken place look at this year at the time of, of recording this we're in july of 2020 look at the events just in the last 10 years that have taken place what what can we come to the sum of here that we live in sinful days just like us job lived in a dark and gloomy day but also job could look back number two and he could see goodness when he looks back on his life these are satisfying days job chapter 1 verse 8 and the lord said unto satan hast thou considered my servant job that there is none like him in the earth a perfect and upright man one that feareth god one that is with evil that word upright one one that is with evil uh, that word is rather means to deliberately avoid abstain from job was a blessed man bible says that there was a man in the land of us whose name was job and that man was perfect and upright 
one that feared God and eschewed evil. And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was seven thousand sheep and three thousand camels and five hundred yoke of oxen and five hundred she-asses and a very great household so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the east. He had ten, ten children, seven sons, three daughters. He had over 11,000 animals. He had a great household. He was literally known as the greatest man in the east. With Job, we do not see the conviction of a sinner, but the consecration of a saint. Bible says in Psalms 37, verse 23, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. You could really sum up the life of Job in that verse. Job was an upright and honest man. These were satisfying days. They were rewarding days. Is there anything more satisfying when you think of a Christian who, first and foremost, has their heart right with God, and they are seeking God, and they spend that time of daily devotion. And like Paul said, I die daily, constantly living a life of consecration, of separation, knowing that we're called out to be separate from the Lord and to be separate unto Christ, and knowing that the, there's a war within the spirit and the flesh. So on a daily basis, we are yielding to the Spirit of God. We are dying to our flesh, like Paul said, every day. And things are right between us and God. And we understand that God has given us something. Uh, we look at back at the Bible. God gave Adam Eden to keep it before the fall of man. And we understand that we have responsibilities, whether it be, you know, uh, of course, our, our children and, and keeping our homes, whatever the, res the responsibility God has for us. We understand that we need to do these things and we need to give glory to God. And we, first and foremost, we have a good relationship with the Father and, and we have a good testimony among our, our, our brethren and also even the world having a good testimony as somebody who's upright and somebody who is uh, on time and faithful and so on and so forth. Is there a better feeling uh, of satisfaction and peace and joy knowing that not only are you right with God, not only are you being the Christian father or mother that you should be, um, uh, above that even the husband and wife that you should be, the mother and father that you should be, and that you're faithful to church and that you on a daily basis um, are serving the Lord and then what God has given to you you're faithful with with upkeeping those things and your 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 yard looks good your home looks good um, you have a good reputation at work you go to work you're on time uh, your boss would recommend you anywhere to anyone uh, if someone at your job that you work with were to start a company you would be one of the first people they would want to take with them because of your faithfulness and you're uh, because you're dependable and so on and so forth and you're you can actually at the end of your day look back on those things is there anything really more satisfying than that I mean you think of Job how Job uh, these are satisfying days that Job could look back on what an upright man that he was and he saw uh, the goodness of God but Job also saw grief not only did he see goodness in his days Job saw grief, and these are sad days. Now we're going to read here, and uh, Job chapter 1, before we go on, we do need to read these verses. We've already introduced Job, 
And so here in Job chapter 1, verse 6 through 12, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God, and is few with evil? Then Satan answered the Lord, and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Hast not thou made an hedge about him, and about his house, and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now, and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy faith. face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power, only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. Now, these are sad days. Nobody wants to be compared to Job, and nobody wants uh, to go through what Job went through. However, we can all um, look back, and we can all relate one way or another, that we have seen some sad days. Um, some, this is not a competition, okay? Some people have seen more sad days than others. Some people are more open about their sad days than others, regardless. Um, those of us who are right now reflecting on this, we can look back at some sad days. And Job, we see he had not only financial problems, meaning he lost his wealth, he had family problems, meaning he lost his family, and then he had health problems. Um, he ends up with boils from the top uh, to the bottom. Um, his financial problems. Look at how he lost his wealth. Verse number 13. And there was a day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the asses feeding beside them. And the Sabians fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The fire of God has fallen from heaven, and hath burned up the sheep and the servants, and consumed them. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon the camels, and have carried them away, yea, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword. And I only am escaped to tell thee. He lost his, his work, his livelihood. But worse than that, he loses his family, his, his children. Verse 18, While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young men, and they are dead. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job sinned not, nor, nor charged God foolishly. And then, 
afterwards the story tells us that again uh, Satan uh, goes back to the Lord and the Lord said unto Satan hast thou considered my servant Job that there is none like him in the earth a perfect and an upright man one that feareth God and is due with evil and still he holdeth fast his integrity although thou movest me against him to destroy him without cause and Satan answered the Lord and said skin for skin yea all that a man hath will he give for his life but put forth thine hand now and touch his bone and his flesh and he will curse thee to thy face so then uh, Job ends up with boils from the top to the bottom of, of, his, of his body there and these are sad days for Job his his wealth his family um, his health uh, these are very very sad days uh, but not only that we see grudges these are separating days in Job chapter 2 verse 9 and 10 this is somebody who was to comfort him, um, but instead was holding a grudge to God and was separated. And this is Job's wife. Job chapter 2 verse 9, Then said his wife unto him, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. Now, before I go on here, there are people in the Bible we really like uh, to give a hard time to. We like to give David a hard time. We like to give Peter a hard time. We like to give Jonah a hard time. Uh, but one of the, the biggest characters in all the Bible that we really like to give a hard time to is Job's wife. But let's not forget something, okay? Job's wife lost everything too. Here's a mother who just lost her children. Here's a wife who's having to watch her husband suffer. Now, if there's one thing we can get from this, is there's one thing we can take from this. Job chapter 2, verse 10. But he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God? And shall we not receive evil? In all this did not Job sin with his lips. Notice what Job did here. He immediately addressed his wife what she had said and what he did, he spoke truth to her. Don't let things fester. Don't let things build up, especially between you and your spouse. When a husband or a wife loses focus, it's up to the other to get them back on track. And do it immediately. Don't fuel the fire. Um, don't sit there and, and, and realize that, hey, this person... Is going, you know, here's my spouse, my partner, somebody that God has given me, someone that I'm to serve the Lord with. And the closer we are to God, the closer we get together. And we're to help one another and to strengthen and encourage one another. This person is going through a hard time in their heart and, and they are, they are uh, challenging and they're questioning what is going on and they're wondering why these bad things are happening. It is not time to let your heart wander and let and, and, and fuel the fire. But on the other extreme, it's not time to kick that person while they're down and take everything out on them. What Job did was he spoke the truth to her. And as hard as it is to do that, when a husband, a, a Christian husband and wife are going through a, a trial and a test and one wanders off, it is up to the other one to go right back to the Word of God and speak truth. It may not be what they want to hear at that time, but it is the best thing for them. Uh, not to get on one extreme of, you, you don't want to 
rebel with them and separate yourself with them and at the same time like I said earlier you don't want to kick that person while they're down and make things even worse but the best thing that can be done there is immediately what we saw from Job is he spoke truth to his wife and the Bible says um, that in all this did not Job sin with his with his lips then we see there's gloating these are selfish days now this makes up this conversation here makes up from chapters 2 all the way to chapters 37 if Job's friends had would have just comforted him who knows the book of Job may have been way shorter uh, than, than it was but the book of Job is a very large book and the majority of the book of Job when you go from chapter 2 all the way to chapter number 37 the majority of it is spent with Job and his friends and to to summarize it all Job 16 verse 10 they have gaped upon me with their mouth they have smitten me upon the cheek reproachfully they have gathered themselves together against me this is not Job referring uh, to um, his enemies okay Job is not uh, uh, talking about the Chaldeans here uh, Job Job is not talking about the devil and his demons Job's talking about his friends Job's talking about the men who could have comforted him and and really allowed uh, their their brother a uh, time to recover and and bring themselves close but instead what do they do um, the Bible says in Job 42 verse 7 and it was so that after the Lord had spoken these words unto Job the Lord said unto Eliphaz the Temanite my wrath is kindled against thee and against thy two friends for ye have not spoken of me the thing that is right as my servant Job hath he had very fickle friends um, chapters 4 through 37 Bildad based his advice on tradition he supposed that Job was a sinner Eliphad based his advice on personal experience suggesting that Job was a sinner Zohar based his advice on pure dogmatism pretty much told Job that he was a sinner and then El Elihu based his advice on youth alone and as I mentioned earlier Schofield when he gives his outline there he doesn't even include Elihu as one of Job's friends either way God tells him he said my wrath is kindled against thee and against thy two friends ye have not spoken to me the thing that is right Job 16 verse 2 I have heard many such things miserable comforters are ye all there are people who say that distress or despair is caused by sin now let's be very honest about something here when we go back and we read the Bible yes there are individuals who get themselves in situations because they rebelled from God who am I talking about gee I don't know Adam right Adam chose Eve over God okay uh, Adam ate of the fruit and he willfully disobeyed God think of David a murderer an adulterer okay um, think of think of Samson here he is in the house of, of Dagon uh, there's different ways to pronounce that name so I do apologize if I mispronounced it but this 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 false God Dagon Dagon however you want to say it 
was a a false god of the the Philistines. He's the one that would the the idol. The, this is the idol that would end up as nothing more than a stump. But uh, this idol Dagon uh, was actually set up there, and the Philistines were were rejoicing because they thought that that their false god had delivered Samson unto them. And here's Samson. The source of his strength is gone. His eyes are gouged out. He's um, being made a mockery of. They they literally have him out in this um, at this little this this little arena there that they had. This this building of all the Philistines were in it. The house there, and, and they're just making sport of him. Um, and and they're saying Dagon has delivered us. And I'm paraphrasing there. That that false god did nothing. It was nothing more than a, than a, a an idol made with man's hands. He that that idol had done nothing. Samson put himself there. Samson disobeyed God. Samson went after the strange women. Samson told a woman all his heart, and because of that, was bound by the enemy. So let's not forget there are people in the Bible who find themselves in positions because they themselves rebelled from God. Think of Lot. Okay, there are many examples. Jonah. There are many examples we can give. But there's also people in the Bible who did not rebel against God, who were upright. And and like Job, it's Jewish evil. Job did not do anything wrong. Okay? Joseph. Alright? Daniel. You can go on and on. There are many examples of men in the Bible who did nothing wrong and they were faithful to God and, and these things happen. So just because a person is going through something, don't say, oh man, they're being they're being punished. Okay? We don't know exactly why. Uh, but the last thing we want to do is just suppose that, oh, this person is, hey, there, there's an individual, and uh, they're, they're depressed. And let me tell you what, if their heart was right with God, they wouldn't be depressed. Friend, that is the farthest thing from the truth. Now, there may have been something in that person's life where they did rebel from God that contributed, but there may not be. And who are we to say that? Okay, so it's very important that, that we understand that. And that's what Job's friends did. Um, they're trying to, you know, one supposed, hey, yeah, you, you might have sinned here. Another person, um, all of his advice was based on his personal experience. That was Eliphaz. And man, we, we're bad about that, aren't we? We, we like to share personal experiences like it's the, the answer to all problems. We think just because we, in quote, been there, that we can go up to somebody who's hurting and say, hey, I've been there. It's going to be all right. Let me tell you something. If I'm hurting and I'm and I my heart is broken, I'm not that comforted if somebody just comes up to me and says, "Hey, don't worry. I've been there." No, I'm comforted through Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. I'm comforted through God and that and 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 through scripture and prayer and so on and so forth. That's how we comfort one another. Uh, we're there with each other through through prayer and supplication and through scripture and encouragement and edification, not through being lectured that we're going through what we're going through because we we sinned and we messed up. So either way, there that this is gloating. These are the selfish. This is the selfishness of Job's friend. One of the biggest problems today is pride. Pride causes us to be selfish and only see things through our point of view. Here is a man who was hurting, he needed comfort, instead he got lectured. To, meet, to make matters worse, he was lectured by people who thought they knew scripture, but they didn't. Uh, I have heard many such things, miserable comforters are ye all. When Job looks back, 
Yes, there are sad days, there are separating days, there are satisfying days, but there's also those selfish days. He thinks of those days where his friends had done him wrong. Also, when Job looked back on his life, he saw shameful days. This is when he saw God. Job chapter 38 through 42 talks about the shameful days. The book of Job has many questions and, and complaints, and they're all answered here in, in these verses. And to sum it up, Job chapter 42, verse 5 and 6, I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee. Wherefore, I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. That word abhor means disgusted with himself. He stood before an all-knowing God, and he repents in dust and ashes. Here's a man that just lost everything. And when he got his heart right with God, what he ends up doing is um, he prays for his friends. God asked Job many questions during this encounter. And the result of that, uh, Job is allowed to see the glory of God. He sees himself as God sees him. He's vindicated by God before his three friends. He discovered the joy of praying for his friends. His health is restored. He's comforted then by his brothers and sisters. His former wealth is doubled, and he gets seven more sons and three more daughters. Instead of getting into a debate with his friends or trying to get even with them, God does a, a work in Job's heart. And we see Job do something re remarkable here. Job 42 verse 10. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Regarding the situation of Job and his friends. Um, how he was done wrong by them. Um, this is not me relating to anything Job went through. Um, but all of us. Everyone. Uh, we can relate to Job in one way, shape, or form. And in this specific instance of Job's three friends um, doing him wrong and how God was able to turn um, his captivity after he prayed for him, uh, prayed for his friends, um, I, I want to get very personal here. And this is something um, that, that I don't normally do on this podcast. But I, I, I want to get very personal here. But I want to do it in a way that does not bash or shame anyone. Um, there are three sides to a story. There's, uh, there's my side, there's their side, and then there's the truth. So this is not to bash anyone or, or make you, the listener, feel sorry for me. But rather give you, um, those, those who are listening, a testimony of how God can work things out. Um, a short time ago... And this is the really the first time I've talked publicly about this. But a short time ago, uh, I was very hurt by some people in a situation. Uh, people that I thought were my friends. They left me uh, and my family, spe uh, specifically my wife, very heartbroken. And at times, for me uh, personally, very, very defeated. And I, I got to a very dark place. A place that I, I never thought I'd, I'd get to. I'm not going to elaborate too much on that. But... Um, felt betrayed, felt felt very bad there. So um, it it took some time, um, but God did a work in my heart over this. And and first, let me say, Satan uses situation like these. Um, me getting into a bad place, uh, that that's not these individuals. You you can't people who do you wrong. Um, if you let it, if you let it fester long enough, and you let bitterness creep in, um, Satan will use that. 
And instead of just um, grieving over that and giving it to the Lord and letting God heal you, um, Satan will use something like this and he'll allow allow it to bring sin into your heart. Um, so very, very, be very careful, very cautious. When fellow Christians do you wrong, if you're not careful, Satan will come in and he'll take over the situation. He'll, he'll use it as a way to get you out of fellowship with your Heavenly Father. Um, there were times where I, I was at the point where I was doubting whether I, you know, am I even called to preach? What, what am I doing here? Did I miss the boat on this one? That, that was nothing more than Satan um, using, using that uh, to, to keep me defeated. And, and at the time, I didn't understand what was going on, why it happened. Uh, but now I look back and I see all of this as a blessing. And to quote Genesis 50 verse 20, But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good. I look at today, where God has brought me, my family, what he's doing, um, what he's doing in my heart, what he's doing in my wife's heart, and see all this literally as a blessing. But at the time, I saw it as a major defeat. I saw it as an act of betrayal. And yes, I know these are strong words, um, but I'm not going to go into specific details. I'm not here to bash any of my Christian brothers or sisters. But this is all to give a testimony of what can do, what God can do with something like this. So sometime after this whole thing had happened, an individual of this group of people contacted me and wanted to make sure that everything was okay between us. And up to this point, God had been working in my heart about just giving it over to Him, about forgiving these people. A, a lot of the sermons that I was hearing, a lot of the things that 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 um, I heard and read, God was using to minister to my heart to get past this, about forgiving these people, which I, at that time I tried my best to do. And even though at that time I was um, speaking to this person, I wanted to ask them, you know, why what was done to me was done to me. You know, what were the details around it? But, you know, did what appeared to have happened really happen? You know, why why were these things done? What was said, et cetera, et cetera. But I didn't. Um, instead, through Christ, I was able to tell this person uh, that all was well. There were no hard feelings. And I really was. I was trying to move on. And I'll never forget what happened next. Uh, the person that I was talking to on the phone who reached out to me, wanted to make sure everything was okay. This person was so relieved, I could hear it in his voice. I could hear just how relieved he was and that everything was okay, didn't want anything between us. And I remember something. He requested prayer for himself and another individual within this group um, who at that time was going through something specifically. And immediately, immediately, God laid this verse on my heart. God spoke to me right then and there. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Immediately, God put that verse on my heart. And as soon as I got off the phone with this man, for the first time since it had happened, I went up to my room, I got down on my, uh, by my bed, on my knees, and I prayed specifically for all my friends who had left me defeated, heartbroken, who had made me feel betrayed, wanting to give up. I prayed for those people. 
And to say that God gave me peace over this would be an understatement. Now, have I had problems since then? Does Satan still try and use this to get me upset and off track? Of course he does. But let me tell you, Christian, give it over to God. This is not me getting on here just trying to rant and rave and as a using a platform to to talk as a way to bring up my past and complain. That's not what I'm doing here. I'm in no way, shape, or form comparing myself to anyone else. I'm not asking for sympathy. I am simply doing this as a way to encourage you, the believer who is listening to this podcast, if a brother or sister has done you wrong, has hurt you, friend, first and foremost, make sure things are right between you and God. Make sure there's nothing in your heart that shouldn't be there. Make sure there's no bitterness. Look back at the whole situation. Was there anything that you could have done differently? Okay, don't feed off that you were done wrong and use it as a way uh, to, as an excuse for things or, or hold on to it and, and woe is me, so on and so forth. Go back to the situation. Make sure there's nothing in your heart that shouldn't be there. Make sure that everything is right between you and God. And if there, and, and ask God, uh, get alone with God, speak to Him. Say, Lord, if there's any unconfessed sin in my heart, bring that up and, and talk to God and get that thing settled. And when you get that thing settled, friend, if there's somebody who has done you wrong, if there's a Christian brother or sister who has done you wrong, give that thing over to God. Pray for them. Pray for your brothers and sisters in Christ. And, um, you know, has a friend broke your heart? Get your heart right with God. Ask God to help get rid of that, anything that's in your heart. And ask God, Lord, help me not to get bitter. Lord, help, help my pride not to get in the way. Help me not to want to get even. Um, but pray for those people. It, it'll help you move on. And let me tell you, friends, it'll, it'll give God the glory. And, and that's all I got to say about that there. Um, and then last of all, Job saw grace. We see lastly, Job saw grace. This is the sum of all days. Job 42 verse 17. So Job died being old and full of days. When Job looked back on his life, he could see sinful days, satisfying days, sad days, separating days, selfish days, shameful days. But the sum of all days... That is, that is the grace of God. There are different backgrounds. There are different stories. But it is true that God's grace is upon all and for all. Whatever it is, God will work it out. What is it that you stand in need of? Is it salvation? Are you saved but you're out of God's will? Have you been hurt by a friend? Whatever it is, friend, God can work it out. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Until next time. May the Lord bless you. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. Thank you for listening to Preach the Word with Brother Dean Carmichael from Greensboro. You can email Brother Dean, preach the word 87 at Outlook.com. Preach the word 87 at Outlook.com. You also can follow our dear friend Brother Dean Carmichael on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Dean Carmichael Jr.